Well, good morning, you guys. It is great to see you guys on uh, probably one of my most favorite Sundays of the year, our Mission Sunday. So uh, we are going to actually be in the book of Genesis this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. As you guys turn there, I don't know, I can't think of another way to work this in other than just to kind of say it. So I want you guys to know, but uh, Marcy is pregnant with baby number two. So um, if it is a boy, the future Corey heir awaits. I don't know what that means, but, um, but uh, we're excited and just wanted you guys to know kind of as our family and I'd love for you guys to be praying for just a healthy pregnancy and whatnot, but we are excited for that. Um, Genesis chapter 12, uh, we're going to be verses 1 to 3 this morning. Genesis 12. I think Genesis 12 really sets us up as probably, I think, the first missions passage in our Bible. And so Genesis 12, beginning in verse 1 all the way to verse 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Pray with me real quick. Father God, we give you great thanks this morning uh, for your extravagant blessings. Uh, Father, I thank you that you've put us in a place and time in in which uh, we are so greatly blessed. Um, Father, we were blessed to be in a place that we can worship you. We're blessed to be in a place where your revelation is made clear and known, and we have an easy grasp of it. Uh, Father, I thank you also for just the sheer financial blessings that you've given us as those that reside in America. And and Father, I pray this morning as we kind of walk through this passage, Lord, I pray that you'd give us a a new focus, a new gaze, a new perspective. Pray that you expand our eyes and our vision for the world and for what you're doing and, and our opportunity to be a part of it as those that have been blessed so extravagantly. Father, I pray that more than anything this morning that your name could be lifted high, um, that you would give us a consuming passion for the establishment of your glory and of your name. Uh, Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would give us a sense and an openness uh, to your voice, to your leading. pray that you would give us courage to listen um, and to respond. Father, we ask for these things this morning through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. Uh, a couple summers ago, uh, some good friends and I took off on a trip to Colorado, and uh, we got to spend uh, about a week in a cabin in Estes Park. Awesome summer, awesome week. Uh, and as we were on the way back, we actually ended up stopping in a place uh, in Colorado Springs called Garden of the Gods. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there, uh, but it is amazing. Giant rock formations throughout this place, all right? And so we're just walking through. It's like this little place you can stop off, like a park. Uh, we and this other family were just kind of walking through with our kids and just having a great time and just amazed really at the grandeur and the magnitude of God's creation and what God had done. And as we're kind of walking through, our our, uh, friend's little daughter, who at the time was about two and a half, keeps saying, big rocks, big rocks. And and as we're kind of walking through, we're like, yeah, these are big rocks, just huge formations that blew us away, caused you just to pull off on the road and kind of see this thing. And then as we're walking through and as we kind of were wrapping up, the entire time that we were walking through, this little girl kept saying, big rocks, big rocks. And eventually we finally looked down at her and noticed that the entire time she wasn't referring to the rock formations, all right? She was trying to get our attention to these two rocks that she had found on the ground and were trying to get us to see them. And the entire time she was talking about these two hand-sized rocks, all right? We had realized in, in, over the course of that time that she had missed the entirety of the mountain range that we had been looking at. She wasn't looking at the same thing at all. In fact, she couldn't get her gaze up to that because she was so consumed with what was right below her and in her hands, she missed it. 
And really my goal for you guys this morning as we talk about missions, I think every year as we come to this Sunday, my goal and my greatest desire for you guys isn't that every single one of you guys becomes a missionary and heads off overseas, all right? This is why this talk came after last week's talk when we talked about career, because career and a job is where the Lord is going to move the great majority of you guys. But what I hope more than anything and what I've been praying for more than anything this morning is that you guys will have a vision of the world and a vision of the Lord that is expanded and blown open this morning. And that in order to do that, really for a lot of us, what we have to do is kind of take our hands off of our little worlds, our little uh, stresses and concerns from our week, and, and give the Lord a chance to lift our gaze to see more broadly and more uh, extently as to what God is doing and as to what God is doing throughout the entirety of the world. That really is our heartbeat this morning. That's really our hope this morning is that you would walk away from this morning getting a sense of exactly what is God doing throughout the nations. And really, as we talk about missions this morning, as we talk about that this week, really, I want to center in on this topic, really, of God's call to missions. And really, I want to kind of say three things about that. First of all, is that I think the call to missions extends to anyone, that it extends to anyone and everyone. Notice Genesis 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Abram, the Lord is going to come to really a call to missions for Abram. But who was Abraham? In a sense, who did this call come to? Some of you guys who have kind of walked through the life of Abraham kind of know some of the background in Abraham. But what we know from Joshua 24 is that Abraham was a pagan when God came and found him. Abraham did not know God. He did not honor God. He did not walk with God. He had rejected who God was and had dismissed that God. In fact, uh, it wasn't just that he himself was a pagan, but we know his family also were pagans, and they actually originated from the very center of the universal rebellion against God that we find two chapters earlier in the book of Genesis known as the Tower of Babel. That his family descended from that place, a place where uh, the world had gathered to rebel and throw God off and to make a name for themselves. That's where Abraham's family came from. And God shows up at this guy's doorstep with a call to impact the world. Even more interesting, and a lot, of you, a lot of people miss this, but Genesis 12 and this call to Abraham is not the first time he heard this very call. Uh, actually, in Acts chapter 7, we find that God showed up to Abraham before we find this account in Genesis 12 and said the exact same thing to Abraham uh, in Acts 7 as the story is recorded as he does here in Genesis 12. But this is really the second time God comes to Abraham with this call that's going to be a universal call. Ultimately, God is going to call a person and an individual to impact the nations that was a pagan whose family was from the center of a worldwide rebellion against God and to an individual who had already dismissed the call of God and had ignored it. God comes and knocks at his door again with this call. In fact, I think it's a call that from the great majority of us that we often can dismiss as well. Uh, I think uh, a lot of churches these days, as we talk about missions, a lot of churches love to be missional. And I kind of put it in quotes because really what a lot of churches want to be when they talk about being missional is they want to impact the inner city that they're a part of and their community that they're a part of, but they have no concern, glimpse, or pursuit of the nations at large. And so as a lot of churches talk about being missional, they're talking about something that is just within their community, but it is not something that is global. So this morning in particular, we're going to talk about the topic of global missions. Uh, next week, we're going to actually come in and talk about the topic of social justice and more of a, uh, a missional perspective of the community that we're a part of. But, but this morning in particular, we want to look globally. And, and I think for me, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys, uh, this was an issue in my own life in college in terms of global missions that the Lord had to come knocking at my door a series of times, all right? 
Uh, I wanted no part of the nations. <laughs> All right. I wanted no part of missions. I was frankly bent on, against it. And, and I really wanted to reduplicate my own parents' life. I wanted to live in uh, suburbia. I wanted to have nice cars, a nice house, and make a lot of money. I mentioned that to you guys last week. Missions didn't fit into that one bit. All right. Missions was a threat to that. And so really, I kind of really, as I walked through college, kind of pushed missions off. And yet the Lord kind of came knocking at my door over and over again. And frankly, I think not just at my door, but I think at a lot of churches' doors. Because really, for us as a church, and even for us as individuals, I think the call to missions is inclusive of all of us. The reason why you guys walk in here every Sunday morning and see pictures throughout our auditorium of missions locations that we're a part of is not just because we want to be trendy with some decor and show you some cool pictures. <laughs> but ultimately we do that because we want to put the nations in front of you every Sunday, whether you notice it or not, because ultimately one of the pillars of our church is missions, global missions. One of the things that we're bent on, one of the things that our entire church budget goes to yearly is international missions. It is not an aspect of the church or an aspect of the call upon our life that we can dismiss. It is vital. It is a pillar of what it looks like to walk with the Lord and what it looks like to be a church. It is a response and an involvement with global missions. It is a call that includes every one of us. So ultimately this morning what we want to do is kind of give you guys a sense of how you can be involved with that. And that's going to look a whole bunch of different ways and we'll talk more about that. But ultimately when we talk about missions, there's none that are exempt from it. There are no churches, there are no individuals. All of us are called to be aware of and to be geared toward international missions. So why is that? And what does that mean? Ultimately, I think the call of missions extends not just to anyone, but ultimately extends past border and bloodlines. It's not just that this call lands at the doorstep for every single one of us in every single church, but I think this call doesn't just land at your doorstep, but this call moves you past your families and past your borders. Look at what God says to Abraham, verse 1 again. The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Notice God is going to move and call Abraham to leave his family and to leave his border or his country and to go. Same kind of idea comes in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Jesus says to the disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. The call to missions moves you and I beyond our borders and beyond even our family lines. There's no lines that we can draw that really box God in, prevent us really from heeding this call. I think as you think about Abraham, I think God is going to call Abraham to all that was unfamiliar. To leave his family, to leave his borders was to move away from that which was language, linguistically familiar, uh, culturally familiar, food-wise familiar, and to take off to a place that was completely unfamiliar. I even like the way that God tells him, I want you to take off to a land that I will show you. <laughs> so it wasn't like Abraham even knew where he was headed. I don't take off on a road trip without a GPS, map, uh, things laid out so that I know no matter what happens, I know exactly where I'm heading, all right? I'm a bit compulsive and attentive to detail, all right? But God is going to call Abraham to take off to a place that he has no idea where he's headed to. What must that have been like, right? Packing his bag, saying bye to his family, to his job, to his well-being, and saying, I'm going with a God that you've all rejected to a place that I'm not really sure where I'm headed, but it's going to all work out, right? What must that have been like? And yet that's exactly what God is calling Abraham to do. And I think ultimately he's breaking Abraham's box and the lines that he's drawn because ultimately I think the call to missions breaks our boxes. As you think about your walk with the Lord, let me ask you, what are those conditions you lay on the Lord as to what you're willing to do? Maybe you're a senior, you're looking to graduate and you're looking for a job and you say, God, hey, I'll take any job. It's hard to find one these days, uh, but I'd like it to be in this kind of place 
near family at this kind of paycheck, right? <laughs> there's, there's certain stipulations or conditions that you want on what you want God to do for you. I think by and large, I think you and I all draw some lines and draw some boxes around what we think it looks like to walk with the Lord. And even what we're willing to do and how we're willing to follow him. I'll follow you as long as I don't have to go over here. I'll follow you as long as these people are near me. I'll follow you as long as I have a certain standard of living. I'll follow you as long as this or as long as that or as long as this. And I think what missions does is it comes into that little spot and it breaks the box and blows it wide open. Ultimately, this morning, I think what God often does in talks like this and in topics of missions is, is not to say, hey, you need to go and say that you're going to go. But I think often what God does through weeks and mornings like this is he ultimately kind of breaks you down and takes you to a place where he asks you, would you? Would you be willing if I called you to this kind of place? Would you be willing if I called you to this kind of lifestyle? Would you be willing if I called you to this kind of people? Would you be willing if I called you away from your family to somewhere in the northeast of America to walk with me and to know me? Or uh, what would you look like uh, and what are the boxes that you've drawn? Ultimately, I think uh, in mornings like this, I think where God wants to draw you and I to is a place that we simply are asked a question and he comes to us and comes in front of us and says, would you be willing? Or are there lines and are there boxes in which you've limited your response to God and your willingness to follow him? How far would you go? How much would you put on the table and say, you can have this, you can have that, you can have my career, you can have my family, you can have my standard of living, you can have my location. What are the things that you ultimately kind of hold back and have put in a box that are yours to decide, yours to manipulate, yours to control? I think mornings like this really uh, come right into that little protected box and blow it open and ask you the question, would you be willing to give that up? Would you be willing to say, hey, Lord, wherever, whenever, however long, with whomever, I'm yours. Or is our devotion really divided and are there really stipulations that we've put on our worship and our willingness to follow the Lord? I know for me, as I walked through college and it came to mornings like this, that's where I went to. I realized that there were things that I had kind of put off on the side. There were expectations, there were standards and boxes that I had drawn that said, here's what I'm willing to do and here's how far we'll go, God. I'll go with you up to this spot, but after that, uh, I'm going to kind of do my own thing and decide my own path. Ultimately, I don't know what the Lord has for you as as we talk about missions. I don't know where the Lord is going to lead you guys, but I think the Lord is going to come before you and ask you, would you be willing? Would you you pull some things off of the table and hand them over and say, hey, whatever you'd want with my career, whatever you'd want with my family, wherever you'd want with my location, I'm yours. I think that's often what God does in these kinds of mornings and what God did for me as I walked to college on this topic. Ultimately, I think he's going to move us past border and past bloodlines. Another thing that I think he does is he helps us to realize that ultimately as we talk about this topic, that the blessings of God come for a purpose and that the call of missions is to extend those blessings. Notice what he says to Abraham in verse 2. Notice the blessings that he unfolds on Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and so you shall be a blessing. Notice how extravagant the blessings were on Abraham. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. Even as we follow the storyline of, of, of Abraham through the book of Genesis, we notice that God's going to promise Abraham a land. He's going to give him a whole land that's going to be his. He promises him descendants. Hey, your seed I'm going to multiply. You're going to have as many descendants as are the stars in the heavens. And I'm going to give you an extravagant blessing that's not going to be just for you personally, but it's going to have an impact nationally on the nation of Israel, but even universally. And God says, here's what all I'm going to do for you. God comes and he backs up the truck and he just unloads on Abraham blessings and heaps upon them. 
But ultimately notice the point of the blessings. Why does God bless you and I? What does God intend to do as he comes upon us and gives us extravagant blessings? Notice what he says at the end of verse 2. And so you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Notice that Abraham is going to receive an extravagant blessing. But the purpose of it was so that he could be a blessing. Not just to a nation that would come forth after him, but to all of the families of the earth. I think Genesis 12 is really your first passage on missions. You see an individual selected and chosen and called who's going to have an impact globally on every single family. The blessing that's going to be extended in particular we find from Galatians 3. And Paul says this, that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What was the blessing extended to Abraham and promised to him? I think it was, mul- it was multifaceted, but one of the facets that was going to extend, extend to the nations was this, what Paul talks about in Galatians 3 particularly the promise of the Spirit through faith. What God was going and intended to do through Abraham that was going to impact the nations was the extension of a blessing of the forgiveness of sins and the opportunity by faith to find approval before God. And by that approval then to receive the Spirit of God to be able to walk and live just as God intended. Ultimately, what Abraham is going to be is a channel of blessing for the nations. And what Abraham is to be is the same thing that you and I are to be, and that God blesses you and I just like he blessed Abraham so that we can be a blessing. You couldn't get this more clearly than in Psalm 67. The psalmist writes this, God be gracious to us and bless us, cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Why does God gum and bless? God blesses so that those that are blessed can be a blessing. The reason why you are in college, the reason why you are in the spot that you are is so that you can be a blessing. You're one of the most blessed constituencies of people in our nation. The fact that you're pursuing a college education puts you in the top percentile of our country. The reason why I absolutely love getting to work with college students is because you guys are so influential on our culture and not just on our culture, but on our world. You guys are some of the most blessed people and God intends that so that you can be a blessing, not just upon a family, not just upon a city, not just upon a country, but ultimately upon the nations. That is the purpose and that is the reason that God has placed upon you the blessings that he's placed because he intends to use you amongst the nations. What we want to do this morning is give you guys an opportunity to hear from a few that have said, hey, I'm willing, hey, I'm not a rock star, all star. Um, I'm not a super crazy spiritual person, but I'm willing to go. Uh, I'll tell you guys, as I've thought about missions in the past, I always thought the missionary was a person who, frankly, uh, culturally really wasn't with it, fashionably really wasn't with it either, who maybe couldn't cut it in America, all right? And so uh, I always kind of had that view of missions, and yet um, I, I think as I kind of walked through college, I kind of realized that's not really who missions is. That's not who a missionary is. But God has called each one of us to that, and these three people have, uh, are some that have, even this past summer have had an opportunity to kind of walk through and experience God's movement in the nations and in the three particular areas in the world that we see and that we are a part of. And so I want you guys to hear from them and have an opportunity to kind of hear, in a sense, how did God's blessings extend in and through them, through the nations? And so Aaron's going to come up first and kind of talk with you guys a little bit about uh, our trade winds locations uh, and kind of really, really for us, one of our Muslim partnerships. Howdy. Um, like Trace said, my name is Erin. I'm on staff here at Grace. Um, hopefully I've gotten to meet a lot of you guys, but if not... I want to meet you, so um, come introduce yourself to me afterwards, and we can talk. 
So I had the privilege of going overseas. Um, well, the first time I went overseas in my life was three years ago. In the summer of 2008, I went on a summer project to our location in Trade Winds. And through that experience, through the five weeks of being there, I just fell in love with the people and um, just really saw the great need for these people to, to know Jesus and to know hope and to just be transformed and have eternal life. So I decided to go on stint, um, which is our internship um, partnership with Crusade, one to two years. I just got back from being overseas. I was there the last two years, and I could talk forever about my experience. So if you have any questions, come talk to me afterwards. And really, and any of us who are talking, come talk to us afterwards if you have questions or if you just want to know a little bit more about it. So I could talk forever, but I won't. So I just want to give you kind of a brief highlight about our location and things that are going on there and just about the people there. So the city that we go to is about 99% Muslim. And like the video said, a majority of Muslims are nominal, which means culturally they are Muslim because their parents were Muslim and that's just where they live. But it's not necessarily something that they hold true to. Um, But what's interesting about the place that we go to, we work with college students, and they're just kind of funny because you ask them, you know, tell me about yourself and about what you believe. And it's like, oh, well... I'm a Muslim because my parents are, but really, I want to be like Europeans, and I want to be like Americans. I want to have that freedom. I want to have the, just not the tie. And so they will passionately defend Islam, say that it is right and it is um, true, but then the way that they live their life is totally opposite of that. So there's a unique opportunity that we have to go, especially in this location, and um, speak truth and to share the gospel with them. They are searching. They want to find significance and hope and meaning to their life. If you ask them what they want in life, they'll say money, a job, money, car, and money. Like, that's what they want. They are thinking, that is going to bring me fulfillment, that is going to bring me life, and I'm going to go for it. And so the way that they live their life is, if I just don't do too bad a job in my life, you know, like, if my good outweighs my bad, then I'll go to heaven and everything will be happy. So that's just kind of, they just aim for that kind of low standard of, like, if I just do good enough. But then when you ask them more, like, what is, are you able to do that? Are you able to do good enough? And a lot of times they'll say, you know, I hope, I don't know, and what so sad is that they don't have confidence in where they will go after they die. But us, we do have confidence. We have a sure hope in Christ um, that his, through his death and resurrection, accepting that gift, we have hope and we can be sure about where we will go when we die. And they don't have that. Um, but they're searching and they're trying to find it in the things of this world. And also what's really unique about this time in history, really, um, in the Arab world probably seen the news, things are happening. (laughs) Things are going crazy and just, you know, the younger generation is really trying to make a change in the world. And I think it's really neat to see how they're searching for change and freedom. And we can come in and say, you know what? There is freedom in Christ and there is true hope and um, you can be changed and transformed through his blood. So I think that's really a unique opportunity that you have, especially at this time. So take advantage of this opportunity that we have because it's fresh on their minds. So for the last 10 years, there's been a long-term team. In about five years, we've been sending students over in the summer and for one to two years. And the gospel has been shared a lot. Um, 
statistics show that about 30 times, the Muslim needs to hear the gospel about 30 times before they believe. And so it's all about building relationships. And how else would you want to spend your summer but going overseas in a foreign country, getting to learn a whole bunch of different things, and have a cup of coffee and sit and talk with people for hours? I mean, that's what I want to do. And so I think that um, you all would love to do that too. You know, no other responsibilities, but just build into the relationship of these people, hear their hearts, hear their lives about what's going on and what they're thinking about and being able to share the gospel with them. And it's such a joy to go because God uses us. Um, He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to partner with us, but he does. And you share the gospel and people are responding. Within the last couple of years, there's been around 10 students who have accepted Christ, even one recently within the last month or so. So they, these people are being transformed from darkness to light. They're finding out this hope, this sure, confident hope that they have in Christ, and they no longer have to struggle and fight um, to find this meaning and the significance. So I would say go, take part in what is happening in this part of the world, pray for them. I think that's a huge part that we can play here is praying for them. Students will tell us all the time that they have dreams. They have dreams about Jesus, that they have visions, and God is working in that way in this part of the world. So pray for that too. Pray for students to have dreams and for them to, to respond to that and to ask questions and to continue having these conversations about Christ because they are considering it and they are searching for hope. And um, when we're there to be able to share with them that hope is in Christ, um, then they can really think about it and make decisions. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Again, I could talk for hours, so come find me afterwards. It's just a joy to be able to share the truth and hope with people who have never heard it before and just to bring, you know, life and joy to them. So next we're going to hear from Amy. She spent last summer in East Asia, and so she's going to share with us a little bit about her experience. Hi, I'm Amy. Um, I'm a junior at Blinn, and um, I do the Blinn ministry, the campus lunch, and I lead a growth group at Southwood. And I was blessed to get to go to East Asia last summer, and it was incredible. It changed my life. Ironically, I originally signed up for Trade Winds, um, and so I signed up and was praying about it, and um, it was hard because my family was not supportive of it, and I was like, God, all right, I'm going to—I still felt like he like wanted me to sign up, and pursue it. So um, I was praying about it and was all ready to go. And then we got an email that um, the trip had gotten canceled and they were routing us to East Asia. And that was just really hard. My heart sank and I just felt like the Lord didn't want to use me. And I was just really struggling with that. And um, Rachel Presley, who is the leader of my East Asia team, called me and told me that she was also upset, but that the times that some of her trips have been rerouted, that it's been more incredible than um, she could have ever planned. And that the Lord's plans are so much bigger than ours and that I should pursue it. So I did, and it was cool because my parents gave me full support, and that's exactly where the Lord wanted me from every girl that I met to the people on my team. I would not want to be anywhere else than East Asia last summer. Um, Okay, so East Asia, it's crowded. There's tons of people. Um, (laughs) uh, And because we are American, we are celebrities there, so... Uh, walking down the street, you are stared at the whole entire time, um, which is kind of fun at the beginning and gets a little awkward towards the end. Um, but uh, they, uh, because of that, it's so easy to make friends um, 
pretty much literally actually a couple of times. I know quite a few of us on our team did this. You could walk up to people and be like, hi, I'm Amy. I'm new. Can I have your number? And immediately they would surrender their number and um, <laughs> you could go meet up with them. And so we'd get tea or um, get dinner. And it was, it was really cool because just a great way to share the gospel by like talking about your life and um, your story. And also there are no awkward moments at all, um, at any point in any conversation, you can say, so what do you think about God? And they'll tell you what they think, or if not, they'll just change the topic. Um, but it's not like it's socially awkward to do that, so that's kind of fun um, if the conversation's not going where you wanted. But the Lord really taught me how to to share the gospel. And I grew up in church, but um, sharing the gospel to me was hard, and it was awkward, and it was like reading a track book, and I just didn't feel comfortable in it. But the Lord just really molded me and, and led me and showed me how to share the gospel when I'm sharing my story and just how to bring life to it and um, to be passionate about it, rather it being like an obligation. Um, and so that was just a great blessing to, to learn that and to be able to apply that even back in America. So yeah. Oh, and a lot of them haven't um, heard the gospel, like the true gospel before. So you get to paint like a beautiful picture of what the Lord has done in your life. Um, and what the Lord wants to do for them in their lives. So that was one of my favorite parts. And why is it strategic that we go there? Um, The town we go to is um, a university town, so it's college students. Um, So in a sense, we're reaching the future leaders of that country, which is awesome to be able to um, know that potentially you could be um, helping someone along in like a Christian that would lead like a big business or a big company or... um, wherever they may go. And also the other strategic aspect of it is that the ripples of us going in there um, to do missions sends missions from there to other countries that we can't reach um, as Americans. So that's a blessing to know and just cool to see how the God, God uses us. So to wrap up my East Asia talk, um, I just want to challenge all of y'all to just lay your plans for the summer at the Lord's feet and don't hold too tight to whatever internship or work or just whatever you have planned um, and just to pray to the Lord and ask him what he wants you to do and just be open to whatever that may be and to pursue it because the Lord's plans are far more incredible and great than anything we could come up with. So Micah is up next and he's going to talk to you all about grace. Howdy. Howdy. My voice isn't that low. (laughs) I was just adding some manliness. Guys do go on summer projects, to let you know. First of all, I'd like to start out by saying, if you're here this morning and you're like, what's going on? No way I'm going on summer project. Uh, I don't even know what this whole church stuff is about. Uh, I just want to let you know, uh, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling broken, that Jesus Christ is the answer. So I'll keep it short because I do have to talk about Greece. But um, I would love to talk to you afterwards. You know who you are if you need to talk to me. So, So yeah, so I did go to Greece. It was... It was all right. The country... <laughs> Sorry. So the country, um, there's like the city of Yanina where we went. Um, there's like a lake and mountains surrounding. Not a big deal. Um, the food was maybe like 10, 11 times better than what you get here. So, so you're, you're all set if you're worried about like freaked out about like what am I going to eat? What does it look like? Like it's, it's really awesome. The people there, not as crazy about you as East Asia. Like, they're not, like, 
treating you as celebrities, but they all want to talk to you. Um, they all are like, oh, I mean, I'm a ginger, so they all want to like, <laughs> they, they all wanted to talk to me because like they don't see people with red hair. So, um, but if you don't have red hair, it's okay. Still go. They'll love to talk to you. Um, and so it's, uh, it's a great um, way to just share um, your faith with college students over there. And so, yeah, that's, that's the mission. We go over there to a city called Yanina, and we get to just share our faith with college students. Uh, we just go on campus every day for like four hours, um, just talk to them and just get to know them. And whenever the time comes, you just be like, hey, well, here's Jesus for you. And then after that, you know, getting their numbers and meeting up with them and um, just hanging out with them and sharing them uh, with them and loving on them. Uh, and so that's, that's basically what you do the whole trip. And I wanted to share a couple things that I got out of the trip, um, not that you should be going for like, oh, what can I do uh, or what can I get? But a couple things that I definitely was impacted by um, going overseas was, one, uh, the church. You go over with a bunch of people that you meet in the spring, and you don't really know them too well, okay? So it's kind of like it can be awkward, but it's not. But, like, really, sometimes it can be. So, um, but I went over with, there was a group of 12 of us, um, and it was amazing to spend five and a half weeks with them and growing with them um, and seeing how, wow, like, you're really different than me, but, like, God uses that. Um, Like, they're probably thinking, like, wow, you're a real goofball, but, like, the Greeks loved it. Like, they thought I was funny or something. Anyways, and so, but, like, it's amazing to see how God uses, like, each individual in different ways. Also, the church in Yanina, I think in the pamphlet it says there's like a combined like 30 people that are non-Greek Orthodox, and it was great. Um, they were we showed up and they were like super excited we were there, and I was like, oh, cool, I'm welcomed. But it, they they really are excited because they they live in a tiny 30 people group. Um, they don't have a lot of fellowship, and so we literally like almost not we almost doubled the church's size when we showed up in Yanina, and so to have that fellowship. Um, across the world um, was something I had never experienced. And then the other thing that I was impacted by was um, the aftermath of coming back to America, just having the urgency to share Christ with people, because people here need it just as much as they do in Greece. Um, the message of Jesus Christ, they need it in College Station just as, they need, just as much as they need it in Yanina. So coming back and being able to um, experience sharing my faith with more people and having that urgency of like, hey, I don't know if I have tomorrow to tell you the most important thing in my life. And so that's what I mostly learned in Greece um, and how that has affected me coming back. So yeah, so that's Greece. Really beautiful place. Lovely food. Get to share your faith with people. If you have questions about it or kind of like timid, I won't bite usually. Um, So you can come ask me about it. So that is all. Well, what do we do with all this? Uh, Micah hit this as we as you started off, but uh, how do we participate in this? I think in order to be a blessing, I think for some of us, uh, if we've not been blessed with eternal life, that's where we begin. Uh, as you step overseas, it's to spread forth a message in which Jesus Christ has died and resurrected and provided us forgiveness of sins and reconciled our relationship with God the Father. If you've not yet trusted Jesus Christ, then step one for you would be to trust in Jesus. Uh, you, you can't be a blessing until you've been blessed and received that, which transforms the entire of our lives. And so that's step one. If you have made that decision before and you're listening this morning, where do we go next? I'd say, let me encourage you, go. Go at some point on a short-term trip. I will tell you that the moment you graduate, you will never again have six weeks of vacation. Let that sink in, all right? You're going to have... Two to three weeks vacation max, and your family will take most of that, which is a joy. Uh, but you're not going to have the chance. No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm saying like, that sounds awful. <laughs> 
All right, where was I going, right? All right, so, um, you know, but you're not going to have the chance to go overseas and to live somewhere in a set-up shop and to live amongst people and to really be not just a tourist, but to be a resident. And so uh, for summer projects that, you, uh, that we offer in the summers, they are always summer one. They're five to six weeks. It's a chance for you to go and to live in the culture, and you will not have that kind of opportunity again. So not just that you're available, but let me tell you that, and you hopefully grasp this from these three, but you are uniquely influential as well in those places. Uh, in terms of uh, college ministry, you have a chance to impact those that will be the influencers for the coming generations because in, in those places, those that are in college really are the cutting edge, really the influencers for that culture and that society in the days that are coming. And so you have an opportunity to have a huge impact. I'll tell you too, uh, watching students go every year now, uh, what I see the Lord do just in, uh, in their lives over about five weeks over uh, matches what I'll see uh, the Lord do sometimes in a student's life over an entire year. That over those five weeks, what I see God do, what I see God grow, and what I see God stretch in those people is phenomenal. And so let me encourage you to challenge you that at some point in your college career, get overseas over summer. You have a chance to do camps, you have a chance to do internships, and let me say, please do all of those, but find at least one summer, or find at least a vision trip that we'll do in the winters that you can get overseas at some point, because it will stretch your view of the world, and it will stretch even your view of who God is, as you step off and you see him working in a whole different culture amongst a whole different people, and so at some point, please go. Thirdly, let me challenge you to pray. Um, another opportunity that you have to be a part of stuff is simply to pray. So if you cannot go, you have an opportunity to join and support those who are going by praying. Some of you guys may know this, but uh, every week uh, at 7 a.m. at Mugwalls, we have a series of prayer times for our missions locations. And so Tuesdays at 7 o'clock, we gather to pray for our East Asia partnership. Thursdays at 7 o'clock, we gather to pray for our Trade Winds partnership. And then Wednesdays, we gather to pray for Greece. And so if you have a heart for either of these parts of the world, or if you know that you're not going to be able to go, then I'd challenge you, encourage you to come apart of things this fall or even this spring, or if you're here in the summer as well, we pray for these groups uh, weekly. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that. Come join us. Some of our students, some of our staff are at these things, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. It's another way to support and be involved as a participant in this. Lastly, uh, another great way to be a participant is to give. And so even right now, we have a vision trip of about 10 that are gathering uh, support to go to East Asia. You guys know Titus and Crystal. They're leading that trip. And then we have some from Anderson and Southwood that are on their team. They're taking off for 10 days. Right now, they're raising their support. We'll have another 55 people raising support this summer for those three summer projects in those three locations. And so a great way to participate if you cannot go is to give, is to set aside some money uh, and to provide for them as they take off and as they raise their support. And so you can talk with Titus and Crystal. You can talk with us. We'll give you opportunities as the year goes to participate financially in these trips and to be a part of it. And again, it sets a pattern in your life that I hope will be true for a lifetime. That whether the Lord calls you to go or not, that you'll be participating, whether through prayer or through awareness or through giving in what the Lord is doing overseas. And I'll tell you, as one that is not living overseas now, having lived overseas for a couple of years on stint in East Asia, for both Marcy and I, it changed our entire way that we saw our lives. It changed the entire way that we saw what God is doing and how to invite people to be a part of that. It changed our heartbeat. And so, and very much, I think, put it in line with what the Lord's heartbeat is. And so let me challenge you at some point, go at some point, find a way to participate in these things next week. After our service, we're going to be serving pizza. And so we're going to break into discussion groups about each of these three partnership locations, East Asia, Tradewinds, and Greece. And then we're going to kind of take pizza and then jump into these groups and talk more in detail about each of these spots. What does life look like? 
What is the ministry like? What are hospitals and food? And, and we'll kind of go all over the gamut. But she kind of really put some feet on uh, each of these spots, what life would look like and, and what uh, taking off on a summer project or a stint would be like in each of these locations. And so uh, please schedule that. Please plan on coming. We'd love for you to be a part of that. It'll be, again, next Sunday right after the service. We'll break into groups and talk about those three locations. And so let me pray for you guys, and then we'll break off. Father God, I thank you for what you were doing in the nations. Um, Father, I think it's amazing to even look back all the way to Genesis chapter 12 and to see that your plan from the beginning was not just to focus in on one individual and one single nation and ethnicity, but your desire was for humanity to fill the earth and to represent you and establish your glory throughout. And that as they took off, they would take off and with a message that would bring life, that would bring freedom, that would bring hope. And Father, I pray that you would allow us to be your feet, that you would allow us to be your spokespeople, and that we would bear forth a message of hope, of freedom, and of forgiveness uh, that, are, that the world and our cultures do not offer. Father, I pray that you would allow us to find ways to participate, ways to jump in and be a part of that which you are doing in the nations. Lord, allow us not to miss it. Allow us not to miss and to fail to look up from the elements of our week, the elements of our life, the things that seem so urgent and so right in front of us. Lord, allow us not to miss what you are doing in the nations and where you are moving human history towards. A climax when all nations will be assembled around your throne, worshiping the lamb who is crucified and yet now risen. Father, I pray that you'd allow us to be a part of assembling and increasing the population in which we'll see eventually a day will come in which every tribe, tongue, people, and nation will be around your throne in worship. Father, allow us to be a part of that. Allow us to be a part of those that are assembling the nations in worship of you and in part establishing worship where it does not exist and establishing lifting up your name where it is not lifted up, where it is not seen, and where it is not known. Lord, allow us to be a part of that, Lord. Give us a, a value, give us a worldview, give us a passion for those things, Lord. Father, we ask for these things this morning through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. You guys, if you guys have more questions, feel free to come grab us. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week.